and welcome to Under the Dome, the State Journal Register podcast about all things Illinois politics and government. I'm Angie Muse, the editor. I'm here with Doug Finke of the Statehouse Bureau and Bernie Schoenberg, the political writer. It's about 10 o'clock in the morning, and in two hours, we are coming back to the Capitol for a showdown of sorts. Doug, you want to walk us through what's going to happen at noon? Um I don't know that much of anything's going to happen right at noon. Uh, Last week when they had these special sessions, they were done in a matter of minutes. Uh, At some point today, Senate President John Cullerton said he's going to transmit the famous Senate Bill 1, the school funding reform bill, to the governor so he can uh, amendatorily veto it. Um, Just when that's going to happen, we don't know. It's just sometime today, and then it's a matter of having it read into the official Senate record, and that starts the clock ticking. They have 15 days, both the House and Senate, to either accept the changes Rauner makes or override them. If they do nothing, the bill dies, and we're right back where we are now. I have a silly question. Do they email it, bring a printed copy? After all the hoopla about taking it to Rauner's desk, it feels like they ought to you know, bring it in with a procession it, and tied up in a ribbon. And It's my understanding they do actually have to uh, submit a, a hard copy of the thing. It's not all done by email or by computer. Okay. And um, Bernie, what's your prediction about how, how soon will the governor take action after he gets it, do you think? Well, <clears throat> I've tried not to make a professional uh, habit of predicting what Governor Rauner will do other than usually he sticks to mm, some of what he said, a lot of what he said, because he it prides himself on, um, you know, having that stick to So he said repeatedly last week that he was going to use the amendatory veto. Uh, he also said that it would be outrageous for him to meet with John Cullerton when Cullerton, the president of the Senate, had asked for a meeting to discuss the bill before it was sent over. But then after two days with Republican legislators standing behind him in his office where he used the outrageous term, the third day he issued a news release saying that uh, legislators on both sides should negotiate. So I guess there's some possibility that negotiations over the weekend and going into today will have some effect and may hold off on that amendatory veto, but I wouldn't be hopeful of that, and then we'll see what happens. No, even if he uh, hold, uh, doesn't hold off on the amendatory veto, again, they still have 15 days to act on it. So that would give them you know, close to two weeks if they're inclined to do this to till, still try to work something out short of trying to do an override because... Uh, an override uh, takes uh, three-fifths majorities in both the House and Senate, which is tough to do any time, but especially uh, in the summer months when you're probably going to have some absences uh, among people. And then Friday, uh, uh, Senator Cullerton also said that uh, just accepting the changes that the governor makes is going to take a three-fifths majority also because it's tantamount to uh, passing the new law. So. Uh, either way, it's going to take an extraordinary vote, and they'd be better off trying to work out something uh, without going that route. Yeah, mm-hmm. very very clearly, this is going to be a difficult vote, especially with all the rhetoric that's been around about Chicago bailout, which the governor has used a lot, and the Republicans have used, saying Senate Bill 1 does that. A lot of even downstate superintendents, some of whom have been in our paper, say, hey, we, we want this deal. The, the governor claims they're just saying that because they're so scared of Mike Madigan, the House Speaker, that the governor 
likes to bash. The superintendents say, no, we've been waiting for, you know, nearly two decades for a new formula and poor schools, rural schools like ours need more help. So we'll, we'll see what happens, but it will be, it may be harder for the downstate Republicans to vote against the governor on this one, to vote to override, partly because of the anti-Chicago rhetoric that's tied up in it. They don't want to look like they're hurting their district to help Chicago. And clearly somebody is out there with a lot of money who might try to uh, get that message out in mailers and advertisements. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you're right. The superintendents have definitely been um, applying a lot of pressure as well. So it does make it a tough vote for yeah. legislators. It, if legislators override the governor on this one, that would be two in a row. And, you know, it was it took two full years for a, a real crack on a, on a really serious issue for Republicans to vote against the Republican governor, who has been trying to you know, of really force the changes that he wants to make the Illinois business climate better, uh, even though there's an overwhelmingly Democratic legislature. Uh, it is true that uh, through aggressive campaigning and a lot of uh, linking everyone on the Democratic side to Mike Madigan, that um, Democratic strength was diminished somewhat uh, in the last election. Uh, the governor has said that he hopes to continue this on and maybe even win nine more seats in the House, which would be really difficult in a blue state in Donald Trump's first midterm election. But in 2018, the governor is hoping for a Republican takeover of at least one House. But, um, you know, barring that, it's just going to be difficult. And Doug, they're currently scheduled only to be in session today. Is that correct? That's correct. So, um, an obvious option for the governor, if um, if they've already adjourned today, by the time he gets the bill sent to him, uh, he could call him back for a special session tomorrow. In which case, they are forced to read his his uh, veto into the record. Um, that would probably be the easiest way for him to actually force. Uh, some action on this thing and, and at least get the clock uh, started ticking. I think uh, regardless of how it turns out, I think everyone wants some kind of resolution to this and especially as we're getting closer and closer to the time when schools are going to have to uh, open. Right. And there's a key school payment that's supposed to go out on August 10th. Yeah, that's the first uh, state aid payment uh, for this year. Um, there's an open question of how many school districts actually would not be able to open if they don't get that payment. Uh, a lot of districts have some cash reserves. It's not a bottomless uh, pool of money, but they have it. Uh, the, the feeling is that a lot of districts would be able to at least open. How long they could stay open is, an, uh, is a big question, but uh, uh, we have yet to hear of any district that has flat out said, uh, if we don't get that money, uh, we're gonna we can't open this fall. So it looks like this will be a pretty pivotal week with the uh, you know one more. I think I heard it described on the radio this morning as political gridlock in Springfield. Well, it, it's what they do best anymore, <laughs> which is unfortunate. But it, it's the way things are right now. We'll see if a, a wonderful compromise can happen and battles put off for another day. All right. So I guess we will be podcasting later in the week to update people on what has happened after uh, they come back today. So, okay. We have something to say by that time. Yeah, maybe, maybe <laughs> there will be action by then. 
All right. That's the latest episode of Under the Dome. Thanks as always for joining us. And you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes.